Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borks in Quito. Today we're looking at climate technology and efforts to decarbonize the real estate sector. Joining me to share his perspective on this important topic is Peter Gaidosh, partner and co-lead for climate technology at venture capital firm Fifth Wall. Peter, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, glad to be here and uh, thank you everyone for listening in. First of all, can you give our listeners a broad sense of Fifth Wall's strategy and how the Climate Tech Fund came to be launched and why you thought this was the right time to do this? Sure, absolutely. So let me step back a little bit and give you a bit of a short history on Fifth Wall. So Fifth Wall was started uh, more than five years ago by Brendan Walls and Brad Grief, who are the co-founders. At that point, it was started with an effort uh, to bring the older, kind of more conservative industry of real estate to the 21st century and effectively softwareize uh, a traditionally conservative industry that wasn't really that exposed to software at that point. That strategy was very successful. We raised several funds, and at this point, we have about $2.5 billion in commitments and capital under management. And the idea is that we are connecting uh, many of the world's largest and owners and operators of real estate with entrepreneurs uh, who are effectively redefining the future of the built world. Uh, about two years ago, uh, though, our investors, who are the largest owners, came to us and said, well, thank you very much for helping us to softwareize and to add new technologies to the industry. We also have another possibly even bigger problem. We need to clean up. Uh, as, you, as you may know, real estate is the largest offender uh, in, in carbon, in terms of carbon emissions. It's uh, responsible for about 40% of carbon emissions globally between construction and operation. So we set out two years ago to, uh, to explore if there's a thesis to invest into it and uh, came to a conclusion fairly quickly that, yes, this is very much not just a, a societal problem, but also an investable sector where there are new technologies that uh, are worthwhile getting a new investment. So we formally launched the fund about a year ago and have been making investments since then. Great. And what would you say are some of the main goals of the fund in the short and medium term? So I think the main goals of the fund in, are as follows. I think, as I mentioned, it's important that we shine a spotlight on the issue that is in, in the built environment, i.e. the carbon emissions. I think that's the main goal is to do that. Well, one problem is to shine a spotlight. The second problem is actually what do we do about it? How do we fix it? Um, there are two ways of fixing it. One is the short term, i.e. supporting existing technologies to scale down. As you know, a lot of the technologies in, in this sector exist, uh, you know, more efficient HVAC, more efficient lighting, solar, but you need to bring back the payback rate from 10 plus years to three to five years so that uh, CEOs and uh, the actual tenants are willing to use them. So that's one problem. The longer term problem is that even if we apply existing technologies, we need to continue also driving down the, the new technologies and finding new technologies that don't exist at this point. Uh, it is estimated about 50%, 50% of current carbon emissions are, are from, with techno- can be tackled with technologies that do not exist yet. Uh, what I mean is that even if we apply every single existing solution from the, from the existing technologies, we'll only solve about 50% of the problem. So the other 50% of the problem still needs to be solved. So in the long term, we take the 10-year view that we need to uh, 
find a new HVAC, find a new construction material, find a new AI that will help to drive construction processes. That's the long-term goal is to find brand new technologies that uh, will revolutionize the world of construction and operation of the built environment. And just delving a little bit deeper into that, what are some examples of climate tech and how is it different from prop tech, which our listeners might be more familiar with right now? Yeah, I think so the examples of climate tech, I think the main difference is, is carbon reduction or climate literacy your primary goal? A lot of the prop tech technologies have it as a secondary or tertiary goal to obviously improve carbon. But I think if you want to have specific examples, there are certain technologies where their sole goal is, is to reduce carbon. One example would be, as I mentioned, new construction materials, right? There, you know, if, if a cement were a country, they would be the eighth largest country in the world in terms of carbon emissions. Uh, there are other examples. Uh, we have uh, new efficient HVAC motors. Again, the company, you know, could be potentially viewed as PropTech, but it's more hardware and it, its sole goal is to reduce the consumption of uh, heating and ventilation. Uh, so that would be a second example. Third example that we are looking at is you are looking at new ways to build homes and build buildings. Uh, we have a company called Icon. Uh, they do 3D printed homes. In fact, they're the first company to do 3D printed homes that have been approved and built and now actually lived in. So that would be also another example. So I think the key differentiation is the, whether it's a primary or secondary source of carbon. And the second differentiation, I think, is a lot of these companies have a pretty significant hardware component, even though I wouldn't say that just hardware companies are the main companies. Right. And a number of leading REITs have decided to invest in the Climate Tech Fund. How would you assess the REIT industry's overall commitment to tackling climate issues at this time? So I think the way we're looking at it is, frankly, the past 10 years have been very difficult and not much has been done on the climate tech side in the real estate space. In fact, there's a statistic that less than 100 million has been invested in new technologies in the built environment. We believe that's changing rapidly. And I think we are the kind of the early signal of it with our fund. We've now announced that we raised over $140 million into our fund. And some of the largest and most important REITs, such as Kimco, uh, Equity Residential, uh, obviously also Invitation Homes, and together with also the first investors from the energy industry, which is Cosan, which is a big Brazilian renewable biofuels producer, we can see that the tide is changing. We are in discussions with many others, and I'm happy to say that I think it's increasingly coming to the top of the agenda for many of the REITs. So, you know, I will characterize the 2011 to 2020 as a difficult period. Uh, I think 2021 gives me big hope that uh, the tide has, tide has turned and we will see much more activity from this sector. So broadly speaking, how close is the real estate industry to reaching its net zero targets? Let me try to be realistic here. As I mentioned before, only about half of the current carbon emissions can be achieved with existing technologies. The other half needs to be tackled with technologies that haven't been even invented yet or are still sitting in a lab. So that's a very important statistic. This will mean that we are potentially looking at a problem that is decades long. This will not be solved in one or two years. To just give you a sense of numbers, uh, you know, there, there are estimates by Morgan Stanley and others that are talking that decarbonizing the U.S. economy will require more than 50 trillion. I'm again, I'm repeating 50 trillion in investment. And given the size of the real estate industry, and it's responsible for more than one third of greenhouse emissions, in fact, closer to 40 percent, including construction. 
we're talking about 15 to 20 trillion needed in climate tech investments to decarbonize global real estate. You know, this is, these are numbers that um, are almost hard to fathom. So besides the technology gap, we also have a big financial gap. So realistically speaking, we are nowhere near uh, getting to net zero on just the global real estate. Now, there are examples of buildings that we've heard in Vancouver and some other places that have achieved on major buildings, by the way, not small buildings, major buildings, major higher rises that have achieved 85% reduction in carbon for that building. But the more standard number that you see from consultants when you speak is, you know, immediately you can do 30, 35% reduction. Going over 50 or to 80% is a very hard problem. And it will take probably years because of payback periods, because of technologies to get to the you know, 70s, 80s, and eventually to 100%. So I want to be realistic here, and I'm going to say decades. All right. And then looking further ahead, do you think that investors in REITs and commercial real estate will insist that companies are actually investing in climate tech? So I think I would want to borrow examples from two industries that have gone through this process. One is from the oil and gas industry, and the other is from the transportation industry. I think this is an inevitable fact. It will take some time, but you can look at companies in, uh, in the transportation. Let's just take companies like Volkswagen and Ford or GM. Those companies have a significant investor pressure and also public pressure to electrify their fleets. In fact, to the point where uh, you know, there were mandates issued by governments and they had to completely change their business model to obviously a defend themselves against the likes of Tesla, but also just to change the public perception. And we can see that you know some change, meaningful changes be done at all these companies, whether it's Ford, whether it's GM or Volkswagen in in, in Germany. To use an example of the oil and gas, you can see the investor activism that happened in Exxon or at Royal Dutch Shell. In fact, Royal Dutch Shell has gone through this, and I believe 90 plus percent of their investor base has turned over because the investors simply abandoned the stock given the new change in regulation and given the new allocation policies. I do expect a similar trend to play out in real estate and in REITs, where certain big pension funds will change their allocation policies. And unless you are a climate-focused REIT, i.e. unless you are committing to clean up your portfolio, the public investors will escape it. Now, obviously, how does the translate in investing into technology? That's a separate question. But I do believe that at minimum, they will clean up their portfolio. And then as a secondary benefit, they will start actively investing in technologies to, uh, to clean up their portfolio. We see that as fifth wall. Uh, I'm not saying everybody's doing it, but there is definitely a leading edge of investors and a leading edge of companies that are doing this. And finally, Peter, anything else that we haven't covered um, in the other questions? From my perspective, here's the way I look at it. This is probably the one of the largest opportunities there exists in the real estate sector. This is the size of the problem, as I mentioned, is so much larger than any other problem that we have seen here. This is going to take decades to do. Uh, I would urge every investor, every CEO in, in this sector to look at their portfolio and think about this not as a threat, but as an opportunity to cooperate. You know, we would like to be at the forefront of this effort as fifth wall, and we welcome cooperation, we welcome input. But from my perspective, please, let's work together. Uh, let's find solutions, because otherwise, 
Uh, I believe the sector will be mandated to fix the, the carbon problem. And I'd rather see the sector proactively working on this and finding solutions uh, ourselves rather than doing this uh, top-down approach from the government. And so I think that's, that's one point. The second point is that I want to mention is let's not be scared of technology. I think we need to embrace technology in, in this sector. We have seen the significant benefits that uh, general PropTech has had on the sector, you know, easier rent to rent companies, easier way to finance buildings, easier way to to buy buildings, easier way to get underprivileged groups into uh, renting and buying assets. Those are all big benefits, and you know, the industry is starting to see this trend happening. Similarly, here, if we apply new technologies here, we really have an opportunity to completely change the the trajectory, not just of the real estate sector, but frankly, of the planet. So to me, I think the message is, this is big, this is important, and it's happening now. So let's all work together to make it happen. Excellent. Peter, thank you again so much for your time. Sarah, thank you very much. Uh, I was glad to be part of this podcast, and I'm happy to discuss more if needed. Great. And to our listeners, for more news and information on REITs and sustainability matters, be sure to visit NEREIT's website, REIT.com.